0: To Jesus be the praise and the glory, amen. I'm gonna have such a wonderful time with you today. This Monday, I'm gonna teach on the spirit of prayer. You know, the Lord has done much in my life and I've learned a lot about the Holy Spirit, what the Bible says about the precious Holy Spirit whom we need daily in our life. And today I wanna show you his amazing involvement in our prayer life and how without him we really can't pray at all and what do we do what do we do to allow him to be a part of our prayer life it's so important we're going to look at today but first thank you for being with me and being my wonderful family and let's pray blessed blessed Holy Spirit we come today looking for your guidance your truth Bless us, Lord, with your word and your truth. Establish us in your word. In Jesus' wonderful name, be our teacher, sweet Holy Spirit. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. I want to begin by saying a person is no bigger than his or her prayer life. Really, a Christian is no bigger than his or her prayer life. And frankly, what a man is on his knees before God, that he is and no more. So what a person is on his knees, that he is and no more because it shows, it declares who he is. Mary, the mother of Jesus, when the angel Gabriel came and said, you are chosen, to be the mother of the Son of God. Her question was, how shall this be? And the answer was powerful, the Holy Ghost. Now think about this for just a moment. Here she was, a young lady. The angel of God shows up and says, you're chosen to be the mother of the Son of God. She was not married. And she asked, how? The answer was, the Holy Ghost will overshadow thee. That's in Luke 1, 34 and 35. So, we may have a question ourselves on, well, how can I have victory? There's one answer, the Holy Ghost. Uh, How can I have power in my life? One answer, the Holy Ghost. How can I know the Lord? In depth. The answer, the Holy Ghost. How can I know the truth of God's Word? The answer is the Holy Ghost. So any question you have, there's only one answer. The Holy Spirit. And I think it's important that we understand that the Holy Spirit is the one who is the Spirit of Prayer. He's called the Spirit of Prayer. So turn with me to Romans 8 and let's look at verse 26 and 27 because I really want to show you what what is prayer in the spirit. What is it to pray in the spirit? We're told that all our prayer should be in the spirit. So how how do I pray properly? So it says in Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. How powerful. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So, The minister of the Holy Spirit really is God's answer to our weaknesses, to our inability in the realm of prayer, in the realm of the Spirit. So when it comes to how do I pray when sometimes I just don't know what to say or I'm so weak I don't feel like I want to pray or I'm so exhausted I don't have the strength to pray. The answer is... The Holy Spirit. Likewise, the Spirit also helps what? Our infirmities. Our infirmities, our weaknesses. That's what the actual Greek says, our weaknesses. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So here we find that the minister of the Holy Spirit is really God's answer our weaknesses in prayer, our inability to live the life, inability to pray, to live in the realm of, of the spirit, the realm of prayer. and so on. Now, amazing, amazing, in John 14, let's go together to John 14, and let's look at verse 16. I'd like you to see these scriptures with me as I teach. So that's John 14, 16, where the Lord says, and I will pray the Father, he shall give you another Comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now, that word comforter, by the way, is the Greek paraclete. And that means intercessor. Advocate, intercessor. So, the Lord called the Holy Spirit advocate. Paraclete, helper, comforter. But that word also means intercessor. That's what the word advocate means, by the way intercessor so in first john i want to show you something beautiful here in first john chapter 2 let's go all together to first john 2 and verse 1. it says in verse 1 my little children these things i write unto you that ye sin not and if any man sin we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ, the righteous. Again, the word advocate is mentioned in Second, in 1 John 2, I should say, verse 1. And if you look up at the Greek, it means intercessor. So we have two intercessors. Isn't that wonderful? So the Lord Jesus is our intercessor in heaven. And the Holy Spirit is our intercessor within our hearts. So we can't lose. No one, not one, will ever be defeated unless they consent to be defeated. You and I cannot be defeated unless we decide to be defeated. So, in, in Hebrews 7, in Hebrews 7.25, let's, let's look at that. Because I really want to help you understand how the Holy Spirit helps us in our prayer life. And so that's why I'm teaching on the prayer of the Spirit, the spirit of prayer. So let's look at Hebrews 7. Let's look at verse 25. It says, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now, I want to say something here I don't want you to miss. The Lord Jesus, who intercedes for us in heaven, is not looking for our cooperation. Whether we are hot, whether we are cold, because it says he prays for us forever before the throne. Yet the Holy Spirit, when he prays, when he intercedes through us, he requires our cooperation. So one more time. The Lord Jesus in heaven is praying for us without our cooperation. But the Holy Spirit is praying for us and through us, but he needs our cooperation. You see the difference? Now, why do I say that? Well, if you look at John 17, We have a very powerful portion here that a lot of people miss when they they read this beautiful verse. The Lord Jesus said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world. I'm not interceding for the world. I pray for them. Look look at John 17, verse 9. I pray for them. I pray not for the world. So the Lord Jesus is not praying for anyone outside his family. Anyone who is not saved. Get that, please. The Lord is not praying for anyone who is not saved. He's praying for his own. Because it says, but for them which thou hast given me. Beautiful. I pray for them that you've given me. I'm not praying for the world. I'm praying for them that you've given me because they are thine, they are yours. Yet the Holy Spirit through us prays for the unbeliever. That's a very amazing thing when you think about it. That the Lord Jesus is praying for the church, the Holy Spirit is praying for the church, and for our loved ones who are not believers yet. So you see the difference. The Lord Jesus is not looking for our cooperation when he prays. Yet the Holy Spirit is looking for our cooperation when he prays, because he wants our surrender. The Lord Jesus is not asking us to help him in his intercessory office. Yet the Holy Spirit is asking for our cooperation because when, when you look again at Romans eight, just one more time, let's go back to Romans eight, and notice what it says because, you know, this is so important that we see every word. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. So he's involved in helping us, for we know not what we should pray. In other words, we must be involved by surrendering to him, since we don't know what to ask for, we don't know what to pray for, We allow him to take over. We allow him to pray through us with groanies that cannot be uttered. Meaning, he is waiting for us to surrender before he really prays through us. So, the Lord Jesus is not waiting for us to surrender before he prays through us. He's in heaven. He's praying for us in glory. The Holy Spirit is praying for us and through us. Remember that. The Lord Jesus is not praying through us in glory. He's praying for us in glory. But the Holy Ghost on earth is praying for us and through us. That's why he needs our surrender and cooperation. So with Jesus, we are the object. With the Holy Spirit, we are the vehicle. Please say that. With the Lord Jesus, we are the object of prayer. With the Holy Spirit, we are the vehicle of prayer. So it's very, very important we really capture this, that we are involved in that office of intercession. When the Lord, the Holy Spirit takes over, we become involved in that we surrender to the Lord and how beautiful that is. All right, now remember in Zechariah uh, 1210, the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of prayer. I think this is very, very important to understand. He is the spirit of prayer. He is, he, the spirit of the Lord, is the spirit of prayer. Therefore, when he touches our life, we become people of prayer. So really, you, you know, nobody can really pray in the flesh because prayer in the flesh is going nowhere. But true prayer only, True prayer is only in the spirit. There's no such thing outside prayer in the spirit. Anything else is just utterance that means nothing. So when you look at at Zechariah 12, 10, it says, For I will pour, and I will pour upon the house of David, upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplications, and they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him, as one mourns for his only son, but who's the one doing this in them? The Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of grace and and supplication. So he is the spirit of prayer. And now the the whole nation of Israel is captured when the when the Lord returns is captured by the Holy Spirit to to mourn and to cry out as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that day, there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem. But who's causing that intercession? Groanings that cannot be uttered. The Holy Ghost. So think about when you surrender yourself to him. it's, It's the Holy Spirit who takes over and begins to pray through you. So, prayer then. Let's look at something so beautiful. Oh, something so beautiful. Let's look at Romans 8 and verse 15, because I want to I want to prove to you something about the Holy Spirit that's so precious that I learned years ago. You know, none of us can pray, so we invite him, and I'm going to ask you today to ask him to help you pray. I did this morning. I talked to the Holy Spirit still. I asked him to help me walk with the Lord and please the Lord. I asked him to come and establish his word in my life, because we need his help i to tell you a quick story before I read this. Dr. Bill Bright, who led Campus Crusade for Christ for years, was my dear friend, and very few people even knew that. And he and I would would have lunch once a month back in Orlando when he was there, and I lived in Orlando in those days. Then I moved to California, now I'm back in Florida again. But anyways, so one day when we were at, at lunch, uh, one of his evangelists was, was with him. And we were talking about the Holy Spirit, and Dr. Bill Bright and I were talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, this gentleman said to me, he's, 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 he said, are you telling us that you talk to the Holy Spirit? I said, of course. I said, he's, he's a person. Why, why should we not talk to someone who is our teacher and our guide? I said, if you have a teacher, won't you talk and ask him questions? <laughs> if you have a guide, would you not ask him some things or help you with something? No, oh, he said, I never thought about that. I said, why don't you try it out? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you when you preach. So about three months later, we were back at, at lunch and, and he was there. And like I said, I'm with, I was, you know, I went to lunch with Dr. Bright once a month, but this man hadn't come for three months, then he came back. And he says to Dr. Bright, he says, Benny was right. He says, It's it's real. He says, I've been asking the Holy Spirit to help me evangelize, I've seen more people saved in the last three months than I have seen in years. Well, I said, well, but he he is our helper. He is our teacher, our guide, our comforter. He is the, the one who is doing the work and that's what Jesus said. So think about this. He is also the one who helps us, enables us to cry out, Abba Father. So who's really crying out, Abba Father? Well, it's the Holy Spirit and us together. Because look, Romans 8, 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. If you look at, at Galatians 4, 6, it's we who are crying again by the Holy Spirit. So in Romans eight 15, let's just look. This is awesome. I love it. Okay, look, look at uh, Galatians 4, 6. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son, into your hearts crying, Abba Father. So in Romans 8, 15, we're crying. In, in Galatians 4, 6, he's crying. It's a coming together of crying out, Abba Father. So you and I cannot say Abba Father without the Holy Spirit. Galatians 4, 6, he's crying. Romans 8, 15, we are crying. But the cry is coming from the Holy Spirit through us, basically. So you see the oneness. So if, 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 if it's the Holy Spirit who's crying, Abba Father, and we cry with him, then why not continue to pray with him? Continue prayer through him and with him, and he through us. It's a oneness. That's what it means to walk in the Spirit, to live in the Spirit. That word in means with the Spirit. You walk with him continually. And how wonderful that Paul the Apostle in, in in Romans 8.26 says, we do not know, including himself. We do not know. In a wonderful? He didn't say, you don't know. He says, we don't know. And you think, wait, if Paul the Apostle himself did not know how to pray, what chances do I have? If Paul said himself, because he said, we don't know. We know not how to pray. We don't know how to pray. So there, so then what he was saying is, I, Paul the Apostle, don't know how to pray without the Holy Spirit. So think about the many, many people who are trying to pray and wear themselves out because they're not asking for the Holy Ghost to help them. You know these, oh, I don't want to get in trouble, but anyways. The prayer meetings, people call pray, prayer meetings sometimes. It's like a joke because all they do is scream and holler and run around. That's not a prayer meeting. (laughs) Please. No, real prayer is book of Acts 12 prayer. When they prayed. Do you remember when Herod killed James, the brother of John? And then he took Peter, put him in prison to kill him after Easter, Passover. And the church said, no, you won't. And what did they do? They prayed in the house of John Mark. And they prayed, and they prayed, real prayer, intercession, real prayer by the Spirit. So as a result of that kind of prayer, God saved the life of Peter and saved the life of the church in those days. Herod wasn't just after James and Peter. He wanted to kill all the apostles, I can assure you. Satan was trying, the devil was trying to stop the church in the beginning. And the church most likely didn't realize that uh, prayer has to continue intensely. And so James was killed and then they all woke up. Let's not, ha- let's not allow it again. And they prayed. And we see later Peter still still alive in Antioch because Paul mentions him in, in the book of Galatians that he was there. So prayer saved the life of the church. And how? We need prayer. That again today. Because think about all that's happening out there. We need to pray. But how? How? By inviting the Holy Spirit to pray through us. To pray through us. But right now, let's pray. Wonderful Lord, I thank you for your word. And blessed Holy Spirit, we invite you. We welcome you into our lives, into our prayer life. We ask you, Lord. We ask you, precious Holy Spirit, to be the intercessor in our life, in our hearts. Because we don't know how to intercede. We don't know how to pray. Only you know how to pray. Bless you, people, Lord. I pray right now with that. I stretch my hands towards them and I pray for each one of them that they will come to that place of fulfillment in prayer. Fullness in you, Lord Jesus. For your glory and honor. And God's people said, Amen. Okay. It's time to give to the Lord's work. And remember, giving is not optional. Giving is the law. Giving is the law of God. Jesus said, Give. And he didn't say when you feel like it. (laughs) He said, Give. It shall be given unto you. Paul the Apostle wrote a large letter that fills two chapters in 2 Corinthians as he took an offering for the saints in Jerusalem the ministry in Jerusalem. And he said very, very clearly, God loves a cheerful giver. And God gives seed to the people who sow and continue to sow. And he said, if we sow sparingly, we're going to reap sparingly. And he talked about how eager the church in Macedonia was to give. That they were entreating the, the, the apostles to take their gift, and they were poor people. But God blessed them in many, many ways for their obedience. And so giving is in the Bible. Giving is the commandment of God. He said, no man will appear before you empty. That's a, that's a command. Let no man come before me empty. So when we come to the Lord, it's honor. It's honor. You see, we honor him with our giving. It says, honor the Lord with your substance. Honor him with the first fruits of you. all your increase. So will your barns be filled with plenty. Your presses will burst out with new wine. It's about honor. It's not giving, grudgingly. It's not, oh, you know, I, here we go again. Then God says, you know what, I don't want it. But when we come cheerfully to honor him because we love him so much. And it's not about the size of the gift. It's about the faith within. See, it's the amount of faith released with that gift that makes A big difference with God. So today, give. No matter how big or how small the amount is, give and God will bless you. And he'll prosper you. Because that's his promise. He's God Almighty. Lord, bless them as they obey you. Bless them as they give to your work. I give you the praise. And Lord, keep them safe financially. Keep them safe in the future. And their families. In Jesus' name. and Meet every need in their life. Amen and amen. All right. It's time to give, so you can go out and sow your seed. And you know, by by the way, if God begins to bless you and everything is fine, you'll never recognize His hand. But when He begins to bless you and things are tougher than like they are now, you'll you'll know this is only God that can do that. So you can sow on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website benin.org, or you can simply text B H M four five seven seven seven. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't miss it, and and by the way, share this teaching with everyone that follows you on social media, because this is really needed. Much love. Shalom.
1: Benny Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades, making the move from analog television to digital broadcasts, HDTV, the internet, streaming live events, and social media. Today's fast-changing, bold new world brings an entirely new set of challenges. What we did in 1974 when this ministry began, or in 2000, or even 2022, will not be effective in 2023, and who knows what 2024 and beyond will bring. Benny Hinn's ministry has been at the forefront of each innovation that provides a better way of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world more effectively and efficiently. Today, more than ever before, we stand on the edge of a bold new world. From the beginning, the Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. This is a new hour. This
0: is the Joshua generation.
1: Now I want to tell you something.
0: The first thing God said to Moses is go down. The first thing he said to Joshua is arise. We're not a people who are going down. We're the ones who are rising up
1: temperature storage facilities time has been the enemy tape warping decay housing detachments cracks shredding and breakdowns happen older tapes break disintegrate and require surgical type methods of restoration thus far we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century to God be the glory a conservative estimate to finish this digitation process is a million dollars to restore the final 30% of these disintegrating tapes and move everything over to a much more permanent digital format. The project, already started, can be completed fairly quickly. Imagine, if you will, what could happen if all of our digitized material could be used to translate everything into every language on Earth. It is possible, even better. How exciting would it be to translate these materials using the same voice as originally spoken, yet in all of the different dialects around the world? Pastor Benny speaks several languages, but imagine if his teachings became available online with him speaking in Swahili, Mandarin, Portuguese, Belarusian, or Cherokee. This amazing AI tool will be useful around the world. Pastor Benny's legacy Life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come until the Lord returns. And with artificial intelligence tools that can translate all of the digitized materials into languages around the world, we can truly fulfill our Lord's great commission. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means it's time to finish the job what happens next will be the greatest blessing of all